Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Psalm 67 is today's psalm. And in the course of Psalm 67, we are invited to pray and praise. In reading through the scriptures, you come across a lot of different kinds of writing. On the one hand, in the historical books, particularly Genesis and Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and 1 Samuel, 1 Kings, the Gospels and, and others, an author is writing to you about what happened. And so you have third person narratives. This person did that, this person did that. They did this, they did that. All the way through telling the story. The shift focuses a little bit when we get to prophetic writings. In the prophetic writings, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and so forth, those writings speak directly in a different kind of way. Thus saith the Lord. And in the prophetic writings, you get color commentary on what just happened. You get God's take on things. This is what God thinks about that. Sometimes you have in the narrative sections, God breaks in and tells his perspective or his point of view. But throughout the prophetic writings, the prophet is there to speak for God. Thus said the Lord. The Psalms are a little bit different, aren't they? If you've spent any time with the Psalms, perhaps in reading a Psalm with portals of prayer or just as a devotional practice yourself, you may have noticed a variety of things that are just a little bit different in the way they're put together. Obviously, they're poems. And so they follow rules of poetry as opposed to rules of narrative. They use images. They incite your imagination and draw you in. And, to its images and its parallels. And Hebrew poetry is a little different than American poetry. I don't know what your eighth grade English class looked at when you looked at poetry, but I, I don't imagine you spent a whole lot of time in the book of Psalms, although you should have. Would have been great. My eighth grade English teacher didn't, and I, I, I rue the day. That didn't happen. The Psalms provide an invitation into a very complicated conversation. Well, let's just ask this question. Along with the rest of scripture, are the Psalms the word of God? How many people would say yes? Well, I hope we have more hands raised than that. <laughs> are the Psalms the word of God? Yes, they are. are the word of God. And yet at the same time, they are oftentimes, in fact, regularly directed to God as well. So this is a fascinating conundrum. This is not the way other scripture works. This is word of God that is also directed to God through the mouths of his human authors, prophets, poets, and there we would even say, of course, through the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ himself. 
So we have a word from God that comes through human authors, but is now directed back to God. And so similar to what we have in the Lord's Prayer, we have 150 top 10 Psalms, top 150 Psalms, that are word of God to us, from us, and back to God. So similar to the Lord's Prayer, these are all prayers that the Lord gives us that he is ready to hear and answer. And we have the certainty and assurance that he likes these prayers because he's the one who gave them to us. They are a, a fascinating range of all kinds of experiences. The psalm we have today is a, a psalm that invites all the peoples of the nations, not just the people of Israel, but all the peoples of the world to give honor and praise to God, to confess their faith, to recognize that God is God, no matter who their parents were, no matter where they grew up, no matter what they ate for dinner last night, no matter what they are called to do in their daily life. God is God, and they are his creatures. They are his people. It's a call to all the nations to come under the banner of the, the true God, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who is bearing witness to all these nations through the word of the people of Israel, that in their story, God has made manifest his desires to form a covenant people that will cover all the world, that will reestablish the the peace of God that passes all understanding that was there in the beginning. That's what this song does. It's a call to the nations to confess with us the faith that we have received from the Lord. There are psalms that dive into the depths of human misery, both collectively as a nation and individually, as a person is surrounded by enemies and beset by troubles on all sides. Some of the Psalms, Psalm 22, we're going to sing a version of that during communion, get so specific and so individually personal with the ramifications of suffering for the confession of the name of God, that we can even see descriptions there, specific descriptions of the experience of our Lord Jesus on the cross. We call some of these psalms messianic psalms because as Christians reading them, it is impossible to not see Jesus' fulfillment of these psalms. Psalm 22 and Psalm 69, a number of them fall into this kind of category. And that's zooming in. But I'd invite you to recognize that all of these songs are the words of God in Christ for you 
in the spirit that as you read them, God is teaching you how to listen to him and how to speak to him. And the full range of what it means to believe that the first commandment is true. That God is God and that he has blessed me with these blessings that far outweigh anything else that I can ever look to for anyone else. The range of experiences described in the Psalms doesn't always match up with our experience. I mean, it's not very often that I find myself surrounded by wild beasts. However, I know that there are Christians who do. And if you don't know that, we should have a conversation about what it's like to be a Christian in other places in the world. And those blinders need to come off. Because those folks are praying these prayers very personally and very urgently because they are about to be eaten. And we are their brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, it's fine to say the troubles of the world around me are kind of like wild beasts. And so I find myself feeling oppressed and surrounded. There's nothing wrong with that reading. So long as it doesn't blind us to the fact that these passages are being lived out literally in many places, even in the 21st century around the world. And we need to find our fellowship expansively together in the body of Christ as the body of Christ receives these words from the Lord and praise them back to him. This is simply to say that if you find yourself going through your portals of prayer and the psalm for the day doesn't quite strike you as particularly relevant, and you don't find yourself feeling quite as urgently as David or the author is describing at the moment, Recognize that you are not alone in this faith and experience of the Christian life and in the body of Christ. I would encourage you to double down and pray that prayer all the more fervently for the person who needs it, even if you don't know who that is. Because you are bound to one another because you are bound to Christ together. There are 150 of them, and you probably have your favorites. The ones that have spoken to you most readily, the ones whose poetry appeals to your sense of beauty and aesthetic. I would encourage you to remember that there are many others along with them that are not necessarily the ones that you gravitate to, but that they are all necessary to gather in together the experience of what it means to be a Christian of every time and every place on this world and, and on this earth. One more thing. 
This is an invitation from Jesus to pray along with him and the rest of the people of God and enter into the holy conversation of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the Psalms, the Lord God imparts to David and the other psalm writers his conversation, what it's like to be God with God's values and God's perspectives, and what it's like to be a human being. You see, only God has this perspective. Since Christmas, because of Christmas, in light of Christmas, and ever because our Lord Jesus Christ became a human being, God has this capacity to speak to and from the human experience in all of its ramifications. Part of the reason that some of those psalms don't necessarily strike you is because you have not necessarily suffered the way Christ suffered on the cross. That's not something that you should be ungrateful for. That's something you should be thanking God for completely. And yet, because he has endured everything, even, even that kind of death, even the specific shame of temptation that Satan brings against him. He has endured more for your sake than you will ever have to endure yourself. The Psalms actually provide a record of that. That is a gracious gift then, that the Lord paints these pictures of us to explore both the the depth of human misery, and also the heights of heavenly praise. And we, we find ourselves kind of somewhere in the middle most of the time. But we pray along with the angels, and we pray along with the saints in these songs to enter into the divine conversation that God provides for his people and provides from his people back to him. They teach us how to pray. They also confess the faith. They confess our response within the context of our service to God's work in the Old Testament. Just like the gospel lesson is followed by the creed, we read about the words and deeds of Jesus and then respond to that generally, either in the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. That's our response to what Jesus has done. I believe. The Psalms provide the same function with respect to the Old Testament lesson. God has done this thing with his people. The Psalmist responds, yes, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And so this back and forth, ebb and flow from God to us and from us to God is part of the rhythm of our worship. The Old Testament declares the mighty deeds of the Lord God Almighty. And the psalmist responds, yes, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. The gospel lesson 
Specifically, then it describes the mighty deeds of Jesus of Christ, Jesus Christ, the, the Son of God, for us and for our salvation. And in the creed, we respond, Yes, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And the help is there. The help is secure. Because as we come to the altar of God, he leaves nothing untended. He gives us all that we need to support this body of life and life. Just as the word creates this ebb and flow of call and response, the Psalms give us the full range of all that we can do and all that we can be as people who trust in his promises from now until he gathers us to speak these Psalms together with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven face to face. And so let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Amen. The peace of God that passes all human understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds and faith towards Christ Jesus. Amen.